DJ and PK is brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. Dan Feldman will be joining us. He had to delay his appearance here. He'll be here in about 20 minutes talking about pro basketball. He writes for Pro Basketball Talk, NBA writer for NBC Sports, and we'll get uh, his thoughts as the uh, plan is coming on. Thursday, we'll get a vote on what the plan is and what it's going to look like as the NBA restarts in Orlando. Got a few minutes to spend on the uh, question of the morning here. Put it up on Facebook. It's out on Twitter. How much do you want us to talk about the events of the past few days on the show? And uh, there are multiple people now. uh, (laughs) There are multiple people who are saying, uh, Brandon here just tweeted in. He's one of them. I mean, if people are okay with being in groups of a few thousand to protest, then we should start sports, right? People are ready for the games to begin, PK. Over and over, getting tweets about uh, volleyball in Utah County, and uh, people are ready for sports to be back. Although there are plenty of people uh, who are saying that you know they're going to be checking test results in two weeks because uh, this past weekend has been anything except social distancing. So, yes, you can joke about it's good to be back in groups and start sports, but uh, it's just really going to be a setback for that. Well, is it? Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see what those numbers are. Absolutely. I mean, inadvertently, we've got uh, a a test case, I guess you could say, in a lot of different places. Because as you watch that, uh, you obviously thought that. I did anyway. I was like, wait a second, we're making such a big deal about some stuff here just a couple of weeks ago. And I do think that, to an extent, some of this is political. I've I've been saying this all along, and that's why I've never been more turned off by politics. That's just me. You can have your own opinion. You can be a hardcore member of whatever political party you want to be in. Uh, I've never been a political person in that way. That's why I was brought up in this business is to uh, remain neutral and to tell both sides of the story. But to me now, I mean, I, I'm, I'm watching stuff. I'm trying to watch stuff that's happening in in front of the White House, and Boom, it starts turning political, and we start blaming. It's like, I, God, I had to turn the sound down. Like, can't you just report the news for once instead of giving us your platform? I, I know what whatever station I turn on, I know what the platform is because they've decided we're going to go left, we're going to go right. That's where we're going to. It drives me nuts. It's not the way I was. I think the news business should be, but the news business isn't the news business anymore. It is the political business, and trying to make a buck that way but uh yeah i did watch all that stuff and and you came to the to the thought well how is this going to play out how does it relate to sports and i do think we're going to have some fans in some stands it's not going to be to the level that it was i don't think maybe so but i think that uh, they're going to find a way somehow to figure out how to get folks in i was told by an nfl person a while back that they thought that they would have an opportunity to get depending on the stadium and how it works, everything, you know, ten to 15,000 folks in there. I don't know how it's, how it's going to be chosen and everything, but I did, I did think about that. But the greater issue here, as I see in sports, and we are a sports stations, so, you know, we don't want to diverge too much from that because people aren't listening to us to get our political opinions. At least I don't think they are. <laughs> or get, a, get news updates and what our reaction to what's going on in the news. I just think sports is a great way to bring people together. And I wonder, what would have happened if the Jazz were in a Western Conference final against whomever? Obviously, the Lakers are the marquee team in the franchise, and you love to beat the Lakers. But it could have been anybody. You'll, you'll, you'll take 
you'll take a Western Conference final if it means playing the Kings, <laughs> you know, or, or Minnesota. Well, the way the standings stood, it probably yeah. wouldn't have been the Lakers. It probably would have been the Clippers because yeah. they would have seen the Lakers in the second round. But I yeah. get your point. Either way, yeah. yeah, if it's whether whether it's LeBron or Kawhi, it's a big it's a big deal. And, and how, how much would have yeah. been downtown on Saturday? In my Pollyanna view, I would like to think maybe it wouldn't have been as bad. And people would have had a diversion, a positive diversion, that actually brings folks together. You know, we've talked about this BYU versus Utah and all that stuff and how the Jazz are the great unifier because it doesn't matter if you're red or blue. If you're from this community and you're a sports fan, you're most likely a Jazz fan. And it supersedes the red and the blue and you know, I think the red and the blue stuff is overblown in terms of the hatred. It's a freaking sports rivalry, and that's all it should ever be. But beyond that, uh, would it have been different down there in that downtown area? I'd like to think it possibly could have. It wouldn't have been as bad. Maybe it wouldn't have been great, but maybe it wouldn't have been as bad. Now, that's not to say sports, well, we got this uh, game being played, so let's just ignore what happened in Minnesota. Not saying that at all. Major, major issue that needs to be rectified and needs to be improved, needs to be eliminated. Everything that you want to say about what happened in Minnesota was a week ago today should never happen again. I can't stress that enough. Uh, But maybe we can find ways to come together as people in all walks of life. I think sports has that opportunity to do that. Brainless Steve tweets at us uh, to, in response to the question, how much of this do you want us to uh, talk about? How much do you think you have to contribute to the conversation and progress and progress discourse? Your time should be allocated proportionate to that. Bring on some players from local teams and listen. Uh, okay, first off, I would love to bring on some players from local teams and listen, uh, but that's not really the way it works. Yak, would you like to talk about booking players? Be great. That would be great. But and, and we're not talking just pro teams. We'll see what we can do. But yeah, college teams, the access to college teams. Unless unless we're filling in for a national show, PK, then it gets easier. But when you're doing a local show, not a lot of access. Yeah. Well, well you know what would they have to say? Because you just you can't expect everyone to be an activist. Some people are more comfortable speaking on things, and and it was. was Especially when you get with the colleges, I mean, you have to remember these are young lads we're dealing with here, and to a large degree, not not all of them. That's why I always love one of the joys of my business, for me anyway, is going to somebody who's a senior and has been through a lot at the end of his or her college time. It's coming to an end, and they've been through a lot. You know, I've done that. I did Devonte Booker been through a lot. Dominique Hatfield, and these are guys right at the end, almost to the point of last media available availability session, and just talk to them about their experiences. I did that with Jake Toulson down at BYU Basketball uh, this past uh, February. I went down, and I really enjoy those types of conversations. I did it years ago with Trevor Riley. Uh, Trevor Riley was always an old soul and a reflective soul. And actually, I would like to get Trevor on because – he has been in the NFL. He's dealt with a lot of folks, uh, and he has great perspective. Even when he was a college kid, you always felt like you were talking to a 40-year-old guy. <laughs> and, and sometimes they do that. So speaking of Jake Toulson, 
I, even though there's a massive age difference between he and I, I felt like he was a peer. And, and the stuff he was talking about, the stuff that he had gone through. Did you see what Tom Homo put out a, a tweet over the weekend where he talked about being a minority when he was with the 49ers in the defensive backfield meetings? Well, obviously, most of those guys are African-Americans. And here was this Caucasian who managed to play with the Niners for, what was it, seven, eight years? And then he had uh, a few years coaching. He talked about being in the room with his teammates who were much different from him and how much he grew. That's, that's, that's the essence of what I'm talking about is that he was with those guys on a day-to-day basis and he got to know them. And obviously a Ronnie Lott, superstar of the highest level. But there's other guys too. Who's the dude who used to do the chicken? I, he would make a pick or something and he'd do the chicken dance. You remember that for the Niners? Mert, uh, Mert, Merton Hanks? Merton Hanks. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if they if they teamed up. It was the same time period. But I always loved when he would do the chicken. <laughs> Just <laughs> It was entertaining to me. But Tom got to know these people on an individual level. And he became not just a like them, but actually love them. And Tom put that tweet. Go read it. It's out there under his Twitter. I told Tom, I, I, I let him know. I said, Tom, that was a great message. He wasn't preaching. He was just Satan. Tom Homo had been in those situations. And, he, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. You get to know people, and they don't become black. They don't become Mormon. They don't become whatever. They just become Bob. You, it's Bob. It's Mike. It's Joe. It's Bill. That's who they become. And you almost, you look through it to a point because you know their soul. You know what they're about. And you, you don't even think sometimes that that's who they are. Although, obviously, that's who they are. But you still can, you can joke about it a little bit here. And, but you come, you, you come to love them and they become your friends. That's the way I think that we can approach this. And if we can do that, and I'd let Tom know, I thought that was a great tweet that he, because he was there and he speaks from experience. And those were his brothers, so to speak. Uh, here's a tweet. My nine years with the 49ers, I was the minority in the DB room. It was the best experience of my life. My brothers taught me much more than football and treated me with love and respect. And we accomplished more together as a result. I love them, changed my life. I've got to do more. Amen, Tom. And I let him know. I thought it was a great message. All right, DJ and PK, when we come back, Dan Feldman, NBA writer for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk. Next, stay with us. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby said he's grown more optimistic about the college football season starting on time. I'm bullish about our opportunity, more so than I was 30 days ago, Bullsby said. San Francisco 49ers star tight end George Kittle hasn't made much progress on a new contract as he's set to enter the final season of his rookie deal this fall. His agent says he's looking for more than a deal that makes Kittle the uh, highest paid tight end in the NFL. The Major League Baseball Players Association delivered a return to play proposal to Major League Baseball owners that includes a 114-game season, deferred salaries in the event of a canceled postseason, and the option for all players to opt out of a potential 2020 season due to coronavirus concerns. The NBA is planning a Thursday vote to restart the season. The reports right now are the NBA is looking at bringing 22 teams to Orlando. NBA needs a three-fourths majority of owners to approve the return-to-play plan on Thursday. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Syringa Network. Syringa is home to complete business telecom and IT solutions. Backed by an industry-leading SLA, industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. 
Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Kalani Sataki, the head coach at BYU. Coach, do you have a confirmed date when you're going to get all your guys back on campus and in the weight room? Yeah, we're starting up on June 1st. We have our phase one that uh, Tom Homo has directed the athletic department to start with as our football program. Our, our team, they're voluntary workouts, so I think we'll see a high number of our players uh, start to work out on Monday, and we have a bunch of different groups that'll keep them um, practicing social distancing and space and so we'll have a number of workouts and then keep our guys separate and then um, you know do things like temperature testing and have our, our coaches and our strength coaches and condition, everyone involved in conditioning monitor our players throughout the workouts and I'm thankful that we have an opportunity to get back on to working out and getting things headed and trending towards being normal. Hanson Scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to be joined by Dan Feldman momentarily, NBA writer for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk. Thursday is going to be a vote of owners, but PK, isn't it pretty much our experience that if they're bringing this to a vote and announcing it on Thursday that they're going to approve it? I know they need three-fourths majority owners, so that's a higher bar to clear, but I, I have a hard time believing that they're going to publicly let it be known that there's a vote and then it's not going to pass. That'd be a bad. Well, I'd agree with that 100. Yeah. yeah, all indications are whatever proposal they bring forward that it's going to be passed, and they've you know they've been open about it. Or at least the news has gotten out, and, and they've acknowledged it. So it looks like that's the direction they're going. We're now in June. Today's June 1st. So at the end of July, so it's still basically two months away. There'll be some form of competition going forward, and that's subject to change too. If something just drastically happens uh, that we don't see, that is really bad between now and then they can change it but as we stand here now it looks like that's the direction they're going to go for me i would like to see all the teams it just seems weird that you would bring a league back and not include everybody i get that but i think that you have uh, also beat the drum for a long time that you'll accept whatever comes back Oh, and, for sure. And yeah. from uh, Steve Kerr saying the Warriors, it feels like the season is over, to Joe Ingles saying it's been so long now, it feels like the offseason, are we coming back or not? Uh, I get how, even in the best of times, when the league you know plays as scheduled, there are teams that are clearly mailing in those last 10 to 20 games to stop for three months and now ask Team 28, 29, 30 to come back and, hey, guys, uh, I mean, what are you really yeah, going to uh, get? Okay. But, see, yeah, what are you really – I don't care what you're going to get there. But my idea – and I said this with Adam last night on television. My thought is, well, I don't live in Phoenix. I don't live in Sacramento. I don't live in Minnesota. In Minnesota, of all places, yeah. But if I were a fan of any of those teams, I'd like to see my guys. I'd like to see them get out and play if it's play five games. And maybe it could help my city. It could bring my city together a little bit more if I had whomever it might be. Pick the person, uh, who, who, who's ever your, your player, Buddy Heald in Sacramento. Uh, you know, obviously the, the Trailblazers, you know, they, they want an opportunity to get their team back because they haven't really been healthy all year. But I'm just talking about these teams that really have no shot. Down in Phoenix, uh, Devin Booker, Monty Williams. Monty Williams put out a statement. Monty Williams, who stood there and told us to forgive the person who killed his wife in a, in a car accident. If you go back and look at that eulogy, Monty Williams. Having Monty Williams be out there speaking, 
people asking him questions, and I would be talking about the Suns, but also talking about maybe some other stuff. I think we can all benefit from that. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome in Dan Feldman, NBA writer for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Sprint makes it safe and easy to get what you need online. Please visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Dan, good morning. Hey, how are you doing? We're doing all right. Uh, the NBA seems to be getting closer and closer to a return, a Thursday vote. The reports are out there, 22 teams. Uh is there anything that's going to derail this? Because it seems like it's about to happen. You know, I, I could see something derailing it, but this is by far the most likely scenario. They've weighed all the options they've got to this point. Like, it's hard to see what that would be. It's not a done deal yet, right? They've still got to have the vote. There's still room for something to happen. Uh, but it just seems so likely that this is the way it's going to go. How long do you think when we say this is the way it's going to go, would the season be if they have some regular season games and then some postseason, because we know now the postseason is basically two, two and a half months. How long do you foresee, would you forecast at sea going with this new plan, whatever it might be? You know, you can shorten it up a little because there's no travel, right? Sometimes there's two days off between playoff games. You can mostly, if not always, limit that to one, so that'll shave off some days there. Uh, but I think everybody's at this point comfortable with it, you know, going into the fall, uh, September, October, see what's necessary, exactly how many regular season games you're going to play in this plan. And, uh, you know, do you need to have a break before the playoffs? How long the training camp do you have to have before? Uh, reportedly, they're looking at a July 31st start date. The, the thing I'm real curious about the length is how much flexibility do they have if it gets delayed because of coronavirus, if you know somebody tests positive, is there room to add days off before their team's next game? Uh, things like that. How much flexibility is there, or is it, hey, somebody tests positive, like we're moving on with or without you? That's just what it is. Or what if you know there's a coronavirus outbreak uh, within the whole operation, and you need a couple weeks to to get that under control and and feel like you can? I mean, maybe if, if that happens, you can't. But is there flexibility to to have a delay there? That's what I'm really curious. About. So this long layoff, has it benefited any teams uh, more than others, or has it hurt any teams more than others? The answer is yes. Uh, The unsatisfying answer is we don't know exactly who, right? It's which teams uh, are staying in the best shape or on the other side staying, uh, not staying in the best shape, getting out of shape and you know, we know we have a sense of how players are motivated to stay in shape, what kind of condition they're in during the structure of an NBA season in normal times. It's like in a lot of businesses, some employees are better at working home than others, and you don't necessarily know who they are until they're put in that position. This is just generally not how it works for NBA players. Uh, you know, if you watch that horse competition on ESPN, you, you saw such a varying level of, of courts that players had access to and those are the players who had courts at all not everybody does and so everybody's coming back in different places you can look at a team like the 76ers uh, where Ben Simmons got healthy and say yeah that could be good for them they got some more time for Ben Simmons to get over his injury Uh, but Joel Embiid has had conditioning issues throughout his career particularly when he's been hurt and out of the team structure a bit so that could go the other way there's a lot of who knows with it did we watch the Horse competition. This is sports radio. Conley was in it. We broke it down for two weeks. 
And he had the nicest court, right? That's got to bode well for Utah, I think. You know, I, I, I can't imagine any other players having a nicer setup. Maybe some some other guys have the same setup. But, you know, if he's motivated, he's got all the resources he needs to, to be in game shape. And not everybody does. Right. So with that in mind, and that, that's well articulated, uh, what do you think that they will do with that, as you say, to get in some form of shape, whether it's exhibition games or it's regular season games, leading up to the postseason? I think there'll be regular season games. I also think there'll be a, a period before that for a training camp. Now, my curiosity is uh, a lot of the best practices for coronavirus, there were reports that they're going to have everybody quarantined for two weeks once they got to the bubble. Well, what does quarantine mean? Everybody has different ideas about it. To me, quarantine is pretty strict. Like, you are in a room alone. You're not mingling with other players on your team. You're not going out and, you know, that's how you can ensure that coronavirus isn't there when you start this whole bubble or campus setting or whatever they want to call it. Uh, So that's another two weeks, if they're doing it that way, of how good a shape are you going to be if you're locked in a room for two weeks, if you're you know locked in a very small area? Uh, and so you might need time after that to ramp it up. Uh, it, it depends on the structure exactly how much they need to allow here. Dan Feldman joining us, NBA writer for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk. Do you anticipate 100% of the players on the 22 teams, if that's the plan, but 100% of the players going to Orlando, 95%, 70%, how many – how many people want in on this? Uh, I'm going to say uh, over 100% because I think there's going to be some roster flexibility. I, I think there's going to be room for two-way players to play in the playoffs. This all has to be negotiated, but I think it's headed that way, of two-way players being able to play in the playoffs when they wouldn't have otherwise, and maybe even roster spots beyond that because everybody's worried about injury. Everybody's worried about uh, a player getting sick or, or these things where you don't want it to devastate a team's depth, uh, something like that that emerges in these unprecedented situations teams a chance uh, to be able to put you know capable players out there and you know you don't want to compound it right if a team has a couple injuries you don't want to have to start playing other players way too many minutes and putting them at greater risk of injury too do you find it odd and maybe odd's not the right word but nevertheless i'll use it in this situation that the league could restart but yet they won't include everybody in some ways, yes, right? You put it that way, and yeah, it does seem weird, like all these teams. But let's just look at where the NBA goes at this point of the year in mid-March every single season anyway. These games don't matter. For the teams outside the playoff race and you know, out there, this is not something you guys have experienced often. Uh, teams outside the playoff race, they have nothing to do but start tanking. It makes for miserable games. I don't see a point of playing those games as they're played in regular times, uh, let alone now. So as you look at this going forward, do you think this is the playoffs are going to play out kind of uh, generally with the better teams doing better? Or to your point earlier about these different opportunities for different teams and possibilities, could this be a total outlier and the finals could be a six seed versus an eight seed? You know, I don't know. We look at the 99 lockout. The, the Knicks as an eight seed made it to the finals. You know, I think the lockout had something to do with that unpredictability. I also think that happened to be a year 
where the East 1 through 8 teams were fairly balanced, where there wasn't as large of a difference as most years. Uh, but that was still atypical. To me, uh, the answer to your question, I don't know what the answer is going to be, but I think the answer is going to determine whether we, uh, as onlookers, put an asterisk on this season. If it's a weird thing where, hey, it turns out the Magic, where the team that was best in staying shape and, and they go real far, maybe even win it, people are going to say, you know, okay, good for the Magic, but also, we're not trying to honor an NBA championship for the team that did the best job of staying in shape during a global pandemic. That's not what we're trying to honor here. That's the type of thing that would get an asterisk. So it just depends who wins to me, uh, whether or not we'll view this with an asterisk. Every single one of these players and coaches has individual lives, and they have their own sets of circumstances. We know with Joe Ingles, we have him on the show every week. His wife is pregnant. He's got a special needs kid. How do you think it's going to play out as far as allowing some form of families and whatever it may be to be in Orlando during this time, however long it is? Yeah, it it makes me nervous because on any level, right, you don't want players who want their families there to not have that, to be away from them from so long is is not good. And to invite them is not good either in a lot of ways uh, because it's more people who could bring in coronavirus, who could spread coronavirus. It just makes the whole operation more dangerous. Uh, there's no good answer there. <laughs> Everybody's gonna if if there's a way to do it sufficiently safely, I think you you know you got to allow it and have families there, and that's the better option. Uh, but to there's you know there's no exact like safety yes or safety no. The more people, the less safe it is. That's just the reality of it. Uh, and so you, you hope to find the right balance. It's not easy. So how much is the NBA uh, embracing the concept of a December through August schedule, and how much is it just kind of a necessity based on how the end of this season is going to finish? What, do you really think five years from now they're going to be playing December through August, that this will just be a, tr- a natural transition and they'll stick with it? You know, it's a great question. I don't know. I mean, this is the opportunity. There have been people within the league pushing for a December start. And so there's been interest there. And if you're going to do it, it makes more sense now than ever, right? You already will have your calendar lined up. You don't have to do anything. In fact, to get back to the October start as you're used to, you're going to have to adjust something else to get back on that track if that's what you want to do. I I think they're going to go back to the October start just because, yes, there's been some – uh, support for moving it back to December, but that's that's you know kind of the the loud minority. I think there's more of a silent majority happy with where it is, and I I think you're going to hear more from them if it starts to go the other way. Um, but for the people who want a December start, this is the opportunity. What is your guess on what will happen? Uh, you know, I think they're I think they're going to come back, and I. You know, I, I don't know. I, I really don't. I mean, everything is so unpredictable in these times right now. I, I, you know, I think they're going to come back. I think they're going to get it up and running. And I don't know exactly how far they're going to get. You see uh, basketball leagues elsewhere in the world have, have thought they're coming back. And then there'll be stutter steps along the way of, oh, it's, you know, hey, something came up with Corona. It's not working as, as we hoped. And uh, that happens all the time. The NBA has a lot of resources. If anybody can do it safely, uh, a big operation like this, it's the NBA who who seems to care about treating its players the right way, who can pay for testing, who can 
deal with all this infrastructure, who seems to have a, a good setup at Disney World. But I'm not sure anybody can pull something of this size and magnitude off in a time of Corona like this. I, you know, I don't know, but I, I tend to think it's going to work out for the league, but would not be surprised if something interrupts this whole plan. But the fact they're playing baseball in Taiwan and Korea and the fact they're playing soccer in Germany, shouldn't that encourage people who are looking at the NBA coming back? I mean, there's three leagues, and I realize those sports are all outdoors, and maybe that's, maybe that's a, a big difference, but it seems like they're able to pull it off. It seems like the, the resources the NBA has, they ought to be able to do it. Yeah, that absolutely is encouraging. But like you said, those two sports are outside. Uh, baseball players are socially distanced during a game far more than basketball. Uh, the league in soccer has had some some cases, right? So that's not perfect there. Uh, but yes, those, those things are encouraging. I, I just remind everybody though uh, that who would want to give the NBA the benefit of the doubt, the NBA was playing games when it was not safe to. Right before they shut down. Now, I didn't know it wasn't safe. A lot of us didn't know it was unsafe. Uh, everybody, I think, has learned a lot about this very quickly. But the NBA also then was bragging about how on top of things they were. That they had the, you know, they were talking to health experts. They knew what was going on. They they kept playing too long. Like in hindsight, I can say that, you know. But I'm not claiming that I was on top of things. Uh, even the night Rudy Gobert tested positive, they planned to tip off a game that had started. The Pelicans refused to play against the Kings. Otherwise, the NBA was like, yeah, let's just play one more. That was not a good idea. So I'm not sure that like, just because the NBA thinks it's a good idea, it's going to be a good idea, but I do think they're taking a little bit more precaution, a lot more precaution now. How tough is it going to be for the Jazz? Because obviously Bogdanovich is out. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, w- w- one of many concerns, right? I, You know, there are questions about uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. I'd like to hear from Donovan Mitchell about how he feels. Right? A lot of people in the Utah organization have, have said, hey, it's behind us. That's on Donovan Mitchell to say. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to see that from him, to have confidence in it. Uh, the Jazz have a shot. They're a talented team. They could advance deep in the playoffs. Uh, but, but they've got to figure some of these things out. Dan, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll read you online. NBA writer for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. It's pretty optimistic for the Jazz right there, PK. It's, I was a little surprised, yeah. yeah. It's uh, to, to advance deep, and after having lost a 20-point-a-game score, uh, I hope he's right. <laughs> but I wouldn't. We're I, all hoping he's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not but feeling what's it, it. What's interesting about that, though, the Jazz all season have never really had their entire lineup that they anticipate. Now, what I mean by that is obviously injuries factor in, and Conley's been in and out of the lineup. But Conley really has had no sustained period of being Mike Conley. He's had oper- uh, flashes, uh, short periods. I think he was getting it together there before this thing happened. So if Conley, with his gym that he has, as Dan was saying, that allows him to get up as many shots as he wants. Not that that necessarily is the be-all, end-all, but nevertheless, if Conley can come back and just at this point, what's the point of having any pressure on you? I mean, this is like uh, we're getting, uh, what, what do they say, house money. When they come back, uh, it's so crazy that if you're not loose and free now, you're never going to be, right? So maybe he can offset 
Bogdanovich losses a little bit. And then you got Niang and Joe and Clarkson, and they didn't have Clarkson the whole season. So it's not like it's impossible. Would I rather have Bogdanovich in the lineup? Of course. But it's not like they are just screwed, basically. They're not devoid of talent. They still have opportunities to win. We'll have to see how it plays out and who they play and what they do because that's a lot of it is unknown. Uh, I do think he was a little more optimistic than I expected, but I don't think it's hopeless. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, joins us at 9 o'clock. Stay with us. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. And now, really? your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Today, Today. I consider, I consider myself, myself the luckiest, the luckiest man, man on the face, on the of, the face earth. of the earth. When you look, when around, you look around, wouldn't you wouldn't consider you it privilege, privilege to associate, associate yourself, yourself with such with a fine-looking fine man, man as a standing, as a standing in, uniform in uniform in this ballpark, this ballpark today? today? That I might have been given a bad break, but I've got an awful lot to live for. Thank you. Lou Gehrig's speech. Yach makes it the play, the Chevy play of the game. Know it today at 450, and you can win fabulous prizes. This so is not the actual play. This is the other end of the streak, correct? Right. Yes. What happened 95 years ago today? The Wally Pip incident took place, which started off the Iron Horse 14-year streak of playing in what? Skip, I need a day off. 2,159 games, if I'm not mistaken, PK. I'm not sure. Okay. All right, well, there it is. Lou Gehrig. Wally Pip sat out. Lou Gehrig got his start and ended up playing 2,130 games in a row. 2,130, got it. So there it is. And, and that then, was Lou Gehrig's speech retiring because there's no, oh, sure. no audio or anything else. Of, 1939 uh, yeah. on that one. A legendary speech. And Look then, inconceivably, it was broken by Cal Ripken. And Ripken's now the man. Yeah, the Iron Man, as it says. And I was working that night. I was in the slot at the Watchdog. And when you're in the slot, the entire section rests on your shoulders. You have all the responsibility because you put the section together. And I was in the slot. Man, I had such major responsibility. I'm not sure people realize that. And so I wrote the headline, the banner headline, which goes across all from the left all the way to the right, and I put Ripken's streak dash so long. How freaking clever was that? Awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> Tremendous. How many times have I heard this story? Golf clap for you. <laughs> Golf clap? I want, I want, we are the champions. I want cha- you know, the, the whole enchilada. I want everything. That was tremendous, man. I thought of it by myself. You're the man. 
I want Ricky Henderson holding up the base to say, today I am the greatest. Also, that's another one in baseball history today. His first 50 steal season. Today, he already got it by June 1st? That's what I was reading. I'm probably wrong on that if I think about it now, in June. Well, that's, that's a lot of steals. But I guess, uh, what, did, what did he, what did he see? He's, he holds the record, 118 yeah. or something like that? Yeah, but he had 50 in like 60 games. So we yeah. ended up with like 150. He's gone over multiple times. Yeah, and we're, uh, I mean, the baseball season, it just we would have been, uh, uh, what, in. just almost two months into it yep. now, right? Yep. We'd be about 60 games down and 100 to go under normal times, but these are anything but normal times. No, they're not. On and off the court. Uh, PK, because we've been social distancing doing this show, I don't know that you know this, but I'm looking at Twitter right now. There's a thing here about uh, Frontier Airlines, and they have uh, got video at the gate. It's been tweeted out uh, by Sam Sweeney, ABC. And uh, it's of them. They've got the, the temperature thing, and they're taking everybody's temperatures they get on the plane. Now, you could have COVID-19 and you know, not have a temperature, but that's one of the things they're looking for. Anyone with a 100.4 degree temperature or above will be denied boarding and rebooked for a future flight on another day. And walking into the arena now, I, won't, I don't know that this will happen, but I won't be surprised if this is a condition going to games going forward. But when you walk into the arena now, and our studios are on the fifth floor, Yak and I have to center our forehead there's this screen and there's the outline of a human head and you have to center your forehead and we have our temperature taken every day and yak and i've been talking what happens if like yak coming in and he just sets the thing off because every day it says your temperature is normal 98 point you know if it goes high yeah then then yak can't come in so yeah but wouldn't you know about that ahead of time wouldn't you feel sick if you have 104 like you just said wouldn't you feel sick I would think so, but I think I you would know something's off. Yeah, yeah, so you wouldn't come to work in the first place. You would hope so. What if you get a false reading? <laughs> Jeez. Well, get ready for that. That could be the future of your airline flights right there. You uh, see the stuff on Twitter here. I'll retweet it. You can go to my feed and you can see the, see the video and watch the thing for yourself. There you go. Yuck, I'm going to miss you, man. <laughs> Cheap things. <laughs> <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Steve Cleveland's coming up next.